Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. The big visions I've downloaded from my soul and my being as to where I'm going and the journey, the one next step at a time is the only thing that my human needs to know. What's your mission here? What is your purpose? What are the values? Who are you attracting into the company? And do they align with those values? And if they do, people are gonna step into their own zones of genius. I'm here to help create a world of truth. We are asked to go into workplaces, to live in scarcity, which is not truth. Being aware and it's noticing new things every day. It takes me back to the blissfulness and the pure joy of being a child. Tina Olson and Julie Breckenfelder are both founders and coaches of Core Element Partners. Core Element reinvigorates energy, purpose, and creation back into the workplace. And they do so by awakening organizations and their people out of who they think they are supposed to be and into the truth of who they are in every element of their life. Both Tina and Julie had 15 plus year, highly successful corporate careers and chose to leave. Why? Is because of court culture cancer. They each had experienced the pain, chronic stress, and disconnection created by fear-based cultures and the definition of, of achievement that left out what truly mattered to them. During Julie's time as a business-to-business marketer, she devoutly believed that if you've overworked, put in long hours, followed someone else's agenda, and consistently over-delivered on everything, well, then people would notice. The fulfillment would flourish and success would eventually come. However, the false hope was so real it was intoxicating. She felt like a big-time imposter and failure in her heart, and she had no idea why until she slowed down and began to cut through the chaos and the noise. That's when she started to notice a pattern, a pattern of success, paired with the feeling that she didn't deserve it. Why? Because she didn't earn it. She just followed the rules, and anyone can do that. Everything changed when she stopped being a robot and started listening to and trusting her gut. Now Julie intentionally honors her values and is true to who she is at the core, which has propelled her into a world of more connection. It's absolutely counterintuitive from the rules she used to follow. The healthier, happier, and more mindful she is, the more fulfillment and success is invited into her life, her career, and her relationships. Tina Olson's journey began with her personal life falling apart. Having all known structures crumble is a huge gift from the soul. As a clear seeing emerges about what truly matters, there's a no bullshit way of living that permeates all aspects of life, all love, no more fear. One of the things she can now see clearly is that she's not here to force change upon anyone. Much of her corporate job insisted of being a change agent for people and groups who did not believe in the changes that were being made. Add this energy to a fear-based culture and the dissonance was deafening. This inspired Tina to set forth on a vision of bringing love to corporate culture. The energy of love is what opens the doors to true creation, innovation, care, compassion, and a sense of purposeful, connecting living. We spend more hours per day with our coworkers than our families and friends. 
why do we continue tolerating fear, toxicity, and chronic stress as a way of living this one precious life? Today's episode with Tina and Julie was very rewarding and fulfilling to me on so many levels. I particularly enjoyed their energy around coaching and just doing so from a place of recognizing the truth of reality, of recognizing people's truest inner beings and their actual potential and getting them beyond the numbing, intense goals following and setting, the rigidness that exists within a corporate structure. I personally endured the corporate world for a little less than a year before I couldn't handle it anymore. And the two of them bring a lot of experience in that realm that I think would will connect with a lot of listeners, whether you're in the corporate world or not. If you're an employee for someone else's agendas, and in particular, if you're in a in a big company, I would say, these sort of concepts we talk about will really resonate with you. And I hope that you do take several of them to heart, particularly around like honoring your values and being true to who you are at the core as a way to set your intentions. Also, their concept of energy leadership was really important to me. I encourage you to look into the seven levels of energy that they do discuss in this episode and ask yourself where you're at and what kind of environments, relationships, and people put you in that sort of position. I'm really impressed with their sense of choosing love, choosing vulnerability, choosing truth above all else, and bringing all of you to the table and living a life that supports all of you, not just one small segment of you that your job is probably trying to maximize on. With that, I really hope you enjoy bending your mind to living a life of more flexibility, of more spontaneity, just being more entrepreneurial in your life path, regardless of if you are actually an entrepreneur or if you're just an employee. Either way, we can always find ways to be more flexible and more true and more whole in who we are. And that's what Tina and Julie do an excellent job at. I really hope that you feel inspired by this. You take some action. They would love for you to reach out and talk with them directly, as we talked about in the show. So definitely take advantage of that free consultation. I think there's a lot of learning that will come from that. And just being around their energy is awesome. So you'll see for yourself as you listen to this episode. Thank you so much for listening once again. Here's to today's people of purpose, Tina Olson and Julie Breckenfelder. Hello, Tina and Julie. Good to see you this morning. Good to see you. Yes, great to see you too. So you're in Chicago and I'm in Minneapolis today, both Midwesterners for the, for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're, uh, we're enjoying what this middle of the country has to offer. Mm-hmm. You and your 10,000 plus lakes, us and our one really large one. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, it's really cool how the podcast has this power to like transcend states and countries and things like that. So I really appreciate um, you guys taking this leap and being on this show with me. I think we're going to have a good conversation. I'm really excited. Based on your backstory, I find a lot of alignment, with our interests and kind of what we're trying to finagle with in the world, um, I guess you could say. So... I recognize that you guys like both came from a very maybe more traditional path. You were in the corporate world. You were following maybe what mom and dad and others have told you is you know, a good path to be on. You broke free of that. Um, where are you at right now? Like in your careers, are you feeling settled or are you headed to new uncharted frontiers? Go for it, Tina. <laughs> yeah, we are absolutely on. We have leaped off the cliff. Neither mm-hmm. of us have a solid salary or 401k or vacation, paid vacation anymore. <laughs> um, and yet we are in that total 
in-between state of not knowing exactly where this is taking us, but knowing that our mission is so powerful and feeling it deep in our body and our bones that I love to listen to the How I Built This podcast on NPR. And someone who was on was talking about, I think it was the founder of Bonobos, about how startups only fail when the entrepreneur gives up, right? And this is something that like both of us know that that there's giving up isn't even like on the, it's not even on the radar. It's not, there's no fear of, oh, when are we going to call this thing? It's more like, how soon are we going to get there? And soon from a perspective of we're just itching to share our purpose and our passion. And what's it going to look like? Who do we get to work with? Like what cool people do we get to meet along the way? What is this adventure? We're on the hiking trail. And we're just mm-hmm. totally, right now, we're sustaining ourselves off of like pulling a random mango off the tree yeah. here and there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it's really, it's really fun because it's stepping into that wide unknown. Yeah. And it's, it's this journey of like, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen next. And the most amazing things happen next. It's stuff that you could never plan, right? And like with structure, you know what's going to happen next. And sometimes that's just not fun. And this is a lot of fun. And really quick, I want to give a shout out to my, my dear mother. It's her birthday today. So Aww. I wanted to say happy birthday. But this goes along with your question of this morning. I was talking to her and she's like, Julie, you just sound so just happy. And like you live with pure joy now compared to our conversations years ago when there was like a very structured protocol of what I should be doing during the day. And she's like, you just love this life of flexibility and it aligns with who you are. And that is a very insightful thing for my dear mother to say. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, mom, for saying such a lovely thing to yeah, me. Amen. <laughs> but yeah. Feel so supported and validated in living this, yes. this lifestyle. That's awesome. Right? Right? Yeah. It what is. do you think it is about this like air of freshness and flexibility and spontaneity mm-hmm. that, that is so attractive and um, yeah, purposeful to you? Yeah. You know what it is? It's authentic. It's real. It's life. And truly going back to, and I'm sure we'll end up talking about this too, but we're living our life by our values, our true values. And while Tina and I both have some that overlap, we do have some that are different and we honor each other when we need to honor those different values. Mm -hmm. And when you're living in that space, you're living in the flow, you're being authentic to yourself. Like it's just, it's just really cool. Instead of like realizing like something's frustrating me, not acknowledging it, you know, like and not understanding why it's frustrating you. Mm-hmm. Um, so living like this is just, it feels like pure authenticity. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing that I would add, it's an embodied experience where all of me is here contributing, not mm-hmm. just my left brain. And so I just love, you, you can catch a really good photo of world-renowned tennis player Rafael Nadal, where one of his, his tennis arm is flexed, and it looks about 14 times the size of his other arm. And now in real life, if they're measured, maybe it's, it's a little bit more proportionate than that, but not much, right? Because he's a professional tennis player and he's making all of his money and all of his talent are flowing through this one arm. And the rest of his body supports that one arm, but it's really focused on building that strength there, right? So it wouldn't make any sense for him to be in the gym trying to get his other arm as strong as his tennis arm, you're never going to balance it out. It wouldn't be right. That's how I feel about the first 15 years of my career, plus all my school, well, most of my schooling. Um, it was like left brain, left brain, left brain. And now all of me gets to come to the table. My right brain, my heart, my body, my gut, my intuition, my being, my soul that I believe is 
something that's much larger than what's incarnated in this body. And so it's like all of me is sitting here right now contributing, not just the analytical part of me that I was taught, you know, in Western culture is what's, is what's going to make me money and then make me happy because I'm going to have the things. Right. One thing Tina and I love to talk about too, is on this journey, we're doing a lot of unlearning. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, you don't have to have a PowerPoint to explain an idea, right? Like you can just have a conversation. (laughs) Blasphemy. (laughs) There's so many of those things, like those structures that it's like, whoa, this feels weird without doing it this certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, We're like, huh, let's work through that together and unlearn that together or separately. But yeah, so we're having fun unlearning as well as exploring. Yeah, that's been one of my favorite questions to ask people recently on the show is what have you had to unlearn to come into a greater sense of purpose? Yeah. So much richness in that answer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The list, the list of things. I'm almost like, what have I not unlearned? Um, And, but part of it, you know, it's interesting because one of the things I've been feeling into lately is I think our soul and our individual expressions each have kind of a different style behind it. And you could go into the why you could look maybe to astrology for the why or other things, but some people just kind of have more fire and they're like, burn it. Right. And then they'll figure out what to build once it's all burnt. I'm, I'm much more like, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't know where that saying came from, but it's been a helpful one to me of like, okay, there's, there's positive things that have happened in all of our experiences. They've happened for a reason for crying out loud because we've had them. So inherently they've happened for a reason. And so how can I mine every single thing for its gold and its benefit uh, along the way of unlearning? So like you were just talking about with PowerPoints, so much of the consciousness journey is around, you can still have the same end decision. You could still present a PowerPoint or not present a PowerPoint Mm -hmm. in this simple example, but it's the why you're doing it that is so fundamentally different, that the energy is completely different, right? And so that's been a fascinating part of, huge part of my journey of really picking through kind of everything. And I don't, I know a lot of people aren't meant to walk that way. It takes a lot of energy to pick through everything, but there's something deep in my being because I was like a philosopher by nature in my early years, which is what like those years are what points you to what's truly you, right? Before you had to start making money out of something or whatever. And I'm like, that philosopher in me is like really deeply curious about the nuance and the language and the energy that flows in everything and taking what with me is really going to benefit and and leaving the other stuff behind gracefully with a thank you. I guess that's kind of Marie Kondo. Yeah. Say thank, yeah, thank you to the thing. That. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's cool that you're able to kind of sort and pick through and, and mm-hmm. like what she, like Marie Kondo would say is like keep those things that bring you joy and keep maximizing right. those. And then be yeah. grateful for the things you're saying goodbye to. Yeah. yeah. Those experiences were good or bad. Yeah. Like we learned so much from you know, all of that and mistakes too. Like there's a purpose for that coming into our lives and um, being able to say thank you. It's actually so much more peaceful to be able to say thank you to things like that than be angry about them. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So as you're picking and choosing these things, how do you determine what is um, culturally conditioned for you to like versus like what is subconscious in you that you're not even able to put into words? Versus what is conscious and you already do know this is definitely not good for me or this is definitely something that's good for me. How do you sort those different categories? 
Yeah. So hard. Um, I really love to lean into it from a feeling standpoint, like truly. So some of this unlearning has gotten some of those crazy voices in my head to go and quiet and serve me in a different way. Right. So now there's this opportunity to listen more fully in my body. Some of the clients that I work with, I literally take them through, okay, if you have this thing that's going on, you're trying to figure something out, what's everything coming from your brain? And just like put it all on paper or just talk to me about it, like put it all out there. Mm -hmm. What's coming directly from your heart and then what's coming from your intuition. And sometimes there's a thread through it all and you're like, okay, so this is how I move forward. Sometimes they're starkly different. And then that's where I would recommend like lean into it, feel into it. And if everything's completely different, your intuition is never going to let you down. Mm -hmm. So even though it feels maybe the most uncomfortable at the time, that is really the, the way that I lean into things when I have trying to figure out what do I go after next. And then Tina is this fabulous saying too of, um, let's just figure out what's the next best step. So instead of like getting too far along, what is that next best best step? And it's fun playing life that way. Like that's all I really need to focus on and enjoy. And then that leads to this and that leads to this and meeting this person and that person. Then it's fun to look back and see how that all evolved. Mm -hmm. So So what role does vision and goal setting and things like of this nature play in this (laughs) mindset? Yes, yes. So I truly believe that you need that larger vision. You need that goal. And I've, I've talked about this with so many people before. Goals are taking you in a direction that you might not even know what the end is. So you have this goal to take you down this path that might take a huge turn because really life is leading you in a different direction, but you needed that mindset initially to head down that path toward that goal. So if the goal happens, awesome. If it doesn't, awesome, because who knows what's on the next step of that journey. And then we, like visions are, oh, I think of so many visioning exercises that, are, that have come to fruition that are just so fun to watch it all happen, but it usually happens in ways that you don't even expect. But to have it out there, to let may I say the universe, no, this is your intention. This is what you're intrigued by. And if it's truly intentional, things rearrange in ways that you can't even imagine to get you to that vision. So it might not have been through the goal that you had, right? But that goal somehow turned a corner to get you to the ultimate vision. If any of that makes sense. Um, But I lived it and it's, again, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Did you two visualize meeting each other one day? (laughs) Actually, it's funny. I feel like I've manifested because I moved to Chicago from the Bay Area just a couple of years ago. I like consciously manifested a lot of the people who are in my life right now. Julie was a happy accident because I didn't know that I wanted to do this. This kind of rewinding a little bit for me, goals kind of are not a thing anymore. And what I mean by that is I know what my life purpose is. It's to be a beacon of unconditional love. And I have some really big vision about some of the things that I'm going to birth into the world in the next 5, 10, 15 years. And those feel completely like they're from my soul. They're things that I've channeled. They're not things that I could have thought of because our brains only know the past, right? The larger part of our being is where the magical and serendipitous stuff can happen. And so I feel like And it's interesting because I feel like this is very individual. Human design is something that's hit my radar recently, and I don't know a ton about it, but I was given my little mini reading, and I was told that I'm a a, a general manifester. 
And so actually putting two specific of things down is against like the way that my being manifests things. And I'm like, that's so interesting because it's true. When I sit down to manifest, I tend to write a list of things and all of it tends to be pretty general. And I always say for my highest and best and everyone involves highest and best, like there's this giant element of faith and trust that's so much bigger than any goal that mm -hmm. I could create that I'm like, hey, universe, the big visions I've downloaded from my soul and my being as to where I'm going and the journey, the one next step at a time is the only thing that my human needs to know. Now, to get there, to get to a place of being able to trust that fiercely, there is a lot of personal work that needs to be done. There's a lot of releasing of old vibration, old programming, old subconscious beliefs. And so I can say that as if it's a simple concept. It's not at all. It's five, six years of consciousness expansion that I've been undergoing very actively in order to be in a place where I only need a vision. I don't need like the intermediary stuff, but for other people, that's not going to be what serves them best right. or where they're at at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's I interesting to recognize the individuality that. in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I still love putting goals down on paper, but I'm just curious, like where they're going to take me, if it'll be achieved or if it'll be redirected. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's interesting how we love to, we, we actually complement each other in that way. Mm -hmm. um, some things that are very different and how we just like it all flows together. So, yeah. And I so, think yeah. for the listeners out there too, if you're thinking about, am I a goal person? Am I, am I not a goal person? Part of it is how much grip do you have on those yeah. goals? How much fear is behind them? How much need for it to happen that particular way? Mm -hmm. And I also say that there's some things that our soul actually really does need to have happen in a certain way that keep coming in over and over again. And they can feel, they can be mistaken by others as having a grip on something based on fear. And it's like, no, no, no. My soul just really knows that this needs to happen. But still the path there is the continued unloading of the heavy vibration that holds us back. It's still not forcing your way to the place. It's still right. the letting go of the other things that are in the way because as soon as we're a vibrational match to something, it happens. That's the yeah. law of attraction. And so the whole trick of the game is it's the reverse engineering of it through letting go, not through kind of like forcing yourself forward. Yeah. Sounds like you are influenced by Esther Abraham Hicks stuff as well. Oh true? yeah, that was that was a little phase early on in my uh, in my journey. It was funny. It was like I became obsessed with them for a couple months until I got to the point where I was like, oh, I can answer every question. Okay, I'm done with that. Who's next? <laughs> but it's cool. I mean, I, I loved it. I felt like the language because the questions are answered so consistently similarly within their channelings. I feel like it's a really good, like how the universe speaks 101. Yeah. I've been learning a lot from listening to it for the yeah. past like five, six months as well. Yeah. I got yeah. introduced to a podcast guest and like, this is mind blowing stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yep. Totally. Yep. So let's make sure everyone is on board with this depth of conversation we're at now around vibrational matches and law of attraction. Like yeah. you wrote one of your questions that I should ask you is what is consciousness? Can we start Ooh. there? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What is it? Right. How, how do you want to go after this? Well, one? first of all, we yeah. don't know. Yeah. Like humans don't know. So we have some pointers. I'd say one of the things that we can point to is the fact that bees know to cooperate, to create this hive, to pollinate flowers, to create honey and sustenance and to protect the queen bee and blah, blah, blah. This whole thing happens. No, but they're not having meetings. 
they're not setting goals, right? <laughs> no offense to the goals. They don't even have a vision per se, other than the what's already downloaded or dialed into their being, right? So that's consciousness. The change of the seasons happens. Now weather's gotten weird, but like that happens through consciousness. So then when it comes to actual, okay, what's helpful for human beings to understand about consciousness? I think what's most helpful is to understand that somewhere between any argued as low as what, 5% up to about 15% of our brains are what we're consciously, what people tend to call consciously aware of. And then the rest of it is subconscious or maybe even pre-conscious. And so I feel like as far as the conversation goes, that's the most helpful thing to talk about is how do you begin to clear your system out so much that what's in your awareness is clear, it's open, it's mostly from a place of love so much so that you can catch the fear-based programs that come in. You can see the things like, huh, I just had a thought that I'll give you a a real life example that um, is highly vulnerable, but it is what it is. Some weird program in the back of my mind told me that I'm a monster the other day. And it was like the second or third time it came up. And I was like, wow, that's a very, A, not aligned to the truth of who I am program. And also something that's probably very ancient or very old. I have a distinct feeling that it's not anything I have a story for in this lifetime. And so I won't get into how I then deal with that, but basically I I do energy healing and work around releasing those energy blocks that are in my subconscious. But I think a huge trick to this consciousness game is starting to recognize those things. I mean, to see even that, like I am a monster and take it seriously took years and years and years of, of first getting rid of all the like regular programs that everybody has mm-hmm. of around worthiness or around, and I'm not saying I'm done, like it's a whole lifetime's worth of work, but my basement, as I call it, my basement or my closet or whatever, like the dead bodies are gone. The spiders are mostly out, like it's pretty clean space. And so now I get to see these things that probably come from other lifetimes or come from collective consciousness or things that my being is able to bring forward and transmute into love because I can see it clearly that that's not truth and it's not love. And so anytime I come across those things, I see it as a gift. It used to be terrifying because I used to think it was true, especially things that you do have stories for in this lifetime. It's like, we can say, well, I have a rational reason to believe that Mm -hmm. I'm not fill in the blank because this and this and this happened, or this person said this or this or this. Right. And so it's back to my own personal purpose of being a beacon of unconditional love. It's like, that's the filter I put everything through. It's like, is this message, is this thought unconditional love? And if the answer is no, then I know it must not be true because I believe that source equals unconditional love and that we're all unconditional love. And so as a beacon, I believe I'm just here to remind people of their true nature of being unconditional love as well. Yeah. And so that's why love is kind of that highest goal that most esteemed mm-hmm. way of, of being you bring that to the corporate culture how did you pick that medium of of infusing love like why do you care about that compared to you know all the other formats you could be bringing love to mm-hmm. yeah right that's such an awesome question is within a more conscious culture you can cultivate not only like love camaraderie and an awesome place in just to be every day but you can do good work and you can 
impact the world. And like, let's, let's all be serious. Like we need business. We need business for our world to function. And it doesn't have to be a place of what's the most recent thing that came out from the world health organization. It doesn't have to be a place of burnout, right? Like that's a, a big thing now. Like we all knew this a while ago that burnout was a thing. And now it's like, oh no, we need an organization to say it out loud that this needs to be addressed. It's impacting people's health. And organizations don't need to be like that, right? Like we can still have, make the profit without like this intense competitive edge and like Mm -hmm. a fear-based culture. It can be a very conscious culture. And when I say conscious culture, I'm meaning being very aware of what's your mission here? What is your purpose? What are the values? Who are you attracting into the company? And do they align with those values? And if they do, people are going to step into their own zones of genius, their own zones of excellence. And it's not going to be about, oh, I work at this place because I have good work-life balance. No, or I have an awesome foosball table, or way back in the day when it was really cool to have a Wii. (laughs) (laughs) Remember those days? But it's all about like, this is part of my life. This picks me up. Like I go home happy and excited. Like I'm doing work that feels very purposeful. So when we're talking about a a conscious culture, it's not always about the widget that you sell either. It's about how is that widget helping you to get to that higher purpose? And I, I know Tina's talked about her higher purpose of being, you know, a beacon of unconditional love. I'm here to help create a world of truth. Because through truth, there's so much freedom. There's so much love. There's so much authenticity. There's vulnerability. People like can feel the energy, right, of mm-hmm. truth and love, and like engage and actually be doing things they want to be doing. And this isn't something. This isn't a pie in the sky. There are companies doing this now and having amazing results. And it's something that can be adopted by many organizations. And we really feel powerfully about this because we were in the space of like, I do enjoy where I'm at and the people that I'm at. There's some toxicity that's going on that doesn't need to be here. And now we're like, huh. So maybe we weren't supposed to be in that environment. We're taking a step out to go back in and help people be in a place that we would have loved to have been in. Mm-hmm. So anything to add to that? I mean, there's we can just, take this in so many angles. Right. right? I, I just love that. And one of the things that's been really prominent for me lately is I did a yoga training for teaching yoga in prison. And I bought a shirt when I was there that says freeing the prisoner inside. Because obviously you can't go into a prison or a jail and think that you're separate just because you haven't committed a crime or something or haven't been caught or whatever the, like the compassionate thing is to understand that we all feel imprisoned inside in one way or another until we set ourselves free. And as a matter of fact, I've been rereading, I mentioned that I'm a philosopher at heart and, and my schooling was along those lines. I've been rereading Plato's allegory of the cave recently and that's 100% of what it's about, right? And is this concept that we are asked to go into workplaces to live in scarcity, which is not truth, Mm -hmm. to live in fear, to put ourselves through chronic burnout and stress. And and that we're supposed to like mask up. You have to armor up to go be in that environment and make it. Yeah. So you have to put a mask and, and a shield on in order to even make it through every day. So you're not your true authentic self. Yeah. You're trying to leave your emotions at the door. I will never forget like being spoken to, given feedback 
around bringing my emotions to the table with my team. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like they need to know that I authentically care about this and that I'm going to fight for all of us for Mm -hmm. the right thing to happen as opposed to the easy thing. And so that, that concept just keeps, because it's not, there's so many people becoming entrepreneurs now. There's so many people becoming coaches or whatever else as a way of freeing themselves. But the reality is that we can all be free Mm -hmm. and have these organizations that do, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to stop being able to buy shoes online or mm-hmm. have my insurance available for me when, God forbid, somebody rear ends me or you know whatever these various things are. Like yeah. we we have a whole society based upon organizations that are doing things so that we can live, so that we can enjoy the time of having right. this conversation right. instead of hunting right. hunting yeah. and gathering for our food all day, right? And that sounds like what, but that's very literal. Like if we're not generating income through exchanging goods and services, we're back to being on our own, on the land. Like how many of us would make it for a day? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not very many, right? right? And so I think there's something to like freeing the prisoner inside of all these organizations. And it doesn't mean getting up and locking out the door and never coming back. It means like, hey, let's do this thing that we all love doing and with the people we love doing it with, but let's do it with this energy of abundance and creativity and innovation. The only way you can do that is when the whole self is invited to work. Exactly. Yeah. And taking down all of those masks that we've created. Because over time, when you have that mask, that identity, how many people listening today are tilting their heads going, who am I? Who am I? is that even me? How did I get to be like that? Like, who is that person? Or how many people getting on the elevator to go to their desk? Like, do you hold your breath? I used to do that. I'd push the button. I'm like, here we go. And like inadvertently hold my breath as I stepped onto the elevator. Like there's these masks, these things, these roles we have to play or stepping off the elevator on a Friday going, I can breathe again. Right. And truly relaxing and stepping into who you are, like step into who you are be that person all the time. And again, that's an energy that people will be able to feel and they'll be able to replicate. And that can be done everywhere. So I used to be the person who thought I could only be me and an explorer on vacation. And I used to sit back and be like, oh, this is life. No, this whole thing is life and you can explore anywhere. It doesn't have to just be, right? Like in some exotic place over in Southeast Asia, which is super fun, by the way. (laughs) Right. But like there's so much to explore just... In everyday life and getting back to your original question of like, you know, what is consciousness? Like directly, it's being aware and it's noticing new things every day. Even if you're like walking the same path, notice something new about that same path. And that brings you to the present moment. That brings you to what's going on here and now. And it's a beautiful thing to see something new on maybe an old journey. So. Mm-hmm. I love that concept, seeing something new on an old journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I finished college and I went to the corporate world for about nine months. And I totally felt what you guys are talking about. The elevator thing was very hit home for me and like the lunch break thing. And like sometimes you're wanting life to fast forward to yes. lunchtime or to five o'clock or to Friday evening. And it's like right. that pattern way of, of living where you're actually like praying and asking that your life skips ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, there's something fundamentally wrong about that. Right. I, I was just yeah. having a conversation at, with a dear friend of ours, and we were talking about 
and I challenge everyone with this too. When you see someone you haven't seen in a while, you're like, hey, how are you? How's it going? Oh, I've been so busy. Oh, congratulations. Really? Congratulations on like being so busy that you can't like hang out more? Or like, what is that busyness? Ask yourself that. Like really when someone says like, how are you? Like, how are you? How are you today? How are you feeling? What does that look like? Is it really about busyness and where'd all the busyness come from? And it's like just taking a step back and thinking about, is that the busyness that I want in my life? Like how much fun would it be to say, yeah, I'm super radically awesome. Great today. Without people looking cross-eyed at you, right? Like just being, again, here comes my truth statement of being truthful in who you are and what's going on for you in that moment. And it's not always about like, since when was being busy something to congratulate? Have you found that the people you're working with, um, your clients have depleted that ability to determine if they're living in alignment with their true self or is it there on a weekend and they just have to put the mask on? Like how conscious are they of this? I think they're not conscious at all. I think, mm-hmm. I think the, the degree of numbness now, <laughs> it, it probably is directly dependent upon how long you've been engaged in the matrix, <laughs> right? How it's making long- me think of Fight Club, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I remember early on in my journey, listening to Brene Brown's TED Talk that went viral. You know, yeah, she has the, the original one about vulnerability. And she said something that hit me just smack in the face. You cannot selectively numb. And the analogy that hit me at the time was going to the dentist office. I remember like as a kid having a tooth filling or something. And I don't know that this literally happened, but my mom was always very generous and giving and understanding of compassion of things like how much it sucked to go to the dentist. So it wouldn't have been a surprise to me that maybe she would have said like, you want, you know, a milkshake on the way home or something. And I'm thinking about, so just going with the, the analogy as opposed to the literal of you go and you get a shot of Novocaine in order to not feel the pain during the procedure. You can't eat soup or a milkshake or anything mm-hmm. else after and taste it. You can hardly even keep it in your mouth. No. Like you're <laughs> drooling. And so, you know, part of this journey, and I think it's something that kind of like gets me like a little like, is there's so much false positivity advertised mm-hmm. about taking a conscious path. Like your life's going to be fantastic. No, it's going to be real. Yeah. And real life involves a lot of highs and a lot of lows. People around you are still going to die. You're still going to have things happen to you personally that you wouldn't have asked for in a million years. And as a matter of fact, it, it can get, they call it spiritual ego. It can get even trickier when you're aware of this stuff. You're aware of the law of attraction stuff because you think, why did I manifest this? How did I, how did I invite this in? What did I do wrong? How did I become a vibrational match to this awful thing that just happened? And I think it's a very, it's a tricky one to walk because remembering that the brain is there to constantly try to keep us safe. The brain is going to continue as our awareness expands, as our consciousness expands, so does our ego. And I use ego in terms of all of our whole persona in the world, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the conscious, the unconscious, it's all, it's all a part of who we are. We, we as people embodied in a, in a physical reality have to have an ego in order to make decisions, get through day to day, have your habits, blah, blah, blah. And so with that, I'd say, um, it really breaks my heart that like the drinking culture is so normalized yeah. and both 
Julie mm-hmm. and I, we're winos. Like we're mm-hmm. unapologetic about being winos. That doesn't mean, I, actually, I'm going to upgrade it. We're con- more connoisseurs. <laughs> we're not winos in quantity. We're winos in yes. quality. We don't do it very often, but when we do, we, we really enjoy, I told you I'm from the Bay Area. I, I you know, yeah. have been all around Napa and you get a taste for mm-hmm. this drink that's been made for thousands of years by humans as kind of an act of love, right? And when you enjoy it in that fashion and you're having a glass with a really amazing meal or whatever, it's, it's an enhancement. It's a richness to the experience. It's not about going out and numbing your, your feelings. Mm-hmm. And, but the drinking culture I feel like is so normalized in, Hey, you get off at, at four o'clock on a Friday and you're going straight to the bar with your coworkers. Cause you got to let it all go before you go into your weekend. But then a lot of your weekend ends up being, I'm going to sit there and drink more and it's numbing, numbing, numbing. And alcohol is just one way that we numb. Busyness mm-hmm. is another way we numb. Yeah. Shopping, binge watching TV, being on our phones. We all have coping mechanisms that we do in order to tolerate the extremely painful reality that is around us. If in any moment of time, the three of us could go through, we could take an entire podcast to talk about the things that break our heart about how the world is around us, right? And so as a part of this journey, it's about, to me, it's about richness of experience. It's about being honest and honoring my entire range of emotions. And yes, there, what's been cultivated within me that I would call, like as the Dalai Lama defines it, as joy is um, the observer has just strengthened and strengthened and strengthened over time. And so even when I'm having a really rough time, emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever, there's still the observer that knows I'm going to be okay. Right. Think that this is the end of it all. In the beginning, after when I started to become unnumb, I did think just like when your mouth starts to first, you know, you you're starting to get the tingly mm-hmm. back and you're feeling the pain of the work that was just done in your mouth. Right. The pain is greater than it will be going forward. Right. And so it, it is terrifying at the beginning of, Oh my God, is this how things are going to be from here on out? No wonder I kept numbing, but the reality is no, you just have to get through that kind of fever pitch. And each time, each time you shed another layer, there's another fever pitch to get through. But each time you get through it, the observer is stronger and there's this way deeper trust that the trajectory of where you're going is somewhere so much more magical than what you were numbing yourself away from not seeing. And I also think that that's what allows us to live in our purpose and to have passion is because we are actually engaged in letting our heart break around the things around us that break our hearts. And when you actually let yourself feel that, then you're, that's, you know, Julie gave a really great overview of why we're doing what we're doing within organizations, what the vision is for how organizations can be. Mm-hmm. And also it breaks our fucking hearts Yeah, that yeah. the people who we love are in these environments that are literally taking their precious lives from them through chronic stress, through burnout, through just to your point, the desire to burn through each day and have it go as quickly as possible just to get to the weekend. Yeah. And I I think a key that you just brought up too, and knowing do people know this, people can feel it and they know there's something going on or wrong, but what's starting to happen in our society is it's becoming physical and chronic stress is the leading reason that people are getting so, 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 so sick from everything from, you know, cancer to autoimmune diseases. And there's like a ton of research on this, right? So this stuff is physically manifesting and it's like, what 
is going on? And I have some very, very dear friends that are suffering from some of these things. And I've seen the chronic stress in their lives. And it's like, no, this doesn't have to be like this. There's other ways to use our talents for uh, the greater good of ourselves and of creating a world that's good business too, conscious business. So. Hey guys, this is your People of Purpose podcast host, Tanner Badgley. Do you want to get a short email from me? Would you find value in receiving a very short email every other weekend that personalizes your path of purpose? The POP newsletter, because People of Purpose, is a very short email where I share with you the most interesting things I've recently discovered, have been thinking about, or implementing into my life each week to more personally and purposefully pursue my purpose. It will include a short update on how my podcast is helping me grow into my purpose. A quote that's been on my mind from a purposeful resource such as a podcast, book, video, or mentor. As well as a nugget of advice from my experience on how to better align and optimize your life for your purpose. And finally, I'll try to share inspiration with you on how one of our listeners is benefiting from people of purpose. So please take a small step of action right now by sending a quick email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com. You don't even need to write a message. Just include in the subject header, People of Purpose Newsletter, and you'll receive the very next one. Here's to becoming People of Purpose. So if you are meeting someone who maybe has a little different personality than, than maybe the three of us do, and they want to have that security of being in an organization and be like a, have a specific role, how do you recommend that they become conscious within the organization and how do you do so in a way that doesn't ruffle feathers with like leadership and coworkers mm-hmm. and all this sort of business imagine mm-hmm. like a, an introverted person who is, has an employee mindset that is very good at their one task that they do they're they're like a specialist but they work mm-hmm. in a team corporate environment how do they become truly themselves and bring their full selves to work without sacrificing risking their, right. their job Yep. I love that question. And it all um, goes back to something we talked a little about a little bit earlier is values. When you can come become really clear in what you value and where that alignment is in the different areas of your life, then you know what to continue to say yes to and what to say no to Mm -hmm. um, and making that a very conscious decision. And so it impacts your work life, your relationship with your colleagues, relationship with your work, outside of work. um, And it just starts you on that path of getting really, really clear um, on what it is that you really want. And as you start listening to that and looking at it and honoring the values, because a lot of the clients that I work with when we do the value exercise, I have a special area that it's like, okay, we know this is a value. How do you honor it on a day-to-day basis? And the majority of the time, people aren't honoring what they value the most. And that's where that like intensity and frustration comes up. And it's like, but where are you honoring it? And then you can see in what area of life. And if you happen to be not honoring the majority of your values in the workplace, it's probably not very much fun for you. And guess what? It's probably not very much fun for the people to be around you. So maybe it's no longer truly a fit for you to be there. Or maybe a ton of your values are being honored in the workplace and maybe it's somewhere in the other part of your life that you're not, you know, going on vacation more to do that exploring. So how do you explore in your daily life? So values completely opens up the door to getting more aware with every step that you take. And some people who are always like, I never know how to say no, or I have a hard time making decisions. What values are at stake? What values are intention? And it's like, 
it just totally opens people's eyes up to like, oh my gosh, this is what I care about. That's why something else is so much frustrating or so frustrating. And it's a perfect internal thing to look at for, um, for the workplace. Mm-hmm. And then how does that align to the overarching business too? So you talk about these two workshops you have mindfulness matters and taming your triggers. How do they work? Like, do you have any specific exercise you could expand upon or paradigm that they're in? Or could you just give an overview over them? Yeah, actually. And it goes really well with the last thing that we were talking about. And one more thing that I'll add to is from an organizational perspective, I think there's a philosophical leaning to that an orientation is really helpful to have transpire. Like you gave that specific example of somebody who really likes to be their worker, be and do their thing mm-hmm. versus, you know, we're talking about co-creating and all this stuff. And it's like, somebody might not want to be involved in that. And I won't get into any details around this, but for your listeners, if they're not familiar with Ken Wilber, his integral theory, it's all about transcending and including as we grow through life. And as we go through these different stages and part of, transcending and including instead of transcending and repressing, which I'm sure you can intimate what that would look like, is valuing that in human development, people are going to be at different stages of their development, of their consciousness development. And by including and being at that integrated place, you see the value of each of the stages along the way. So an organizational leader who can see the value of all the stages is then really good at putting people with matched work right? And then helping orient from a perspective, all the other employees around seeing how, you know, Debbie in accounting who just loves the numbers and maybe isn't sitting and talking about last night's basketball game at the water cooler, like understanding back to what Julie's talking about values, understand what she values, both from an individual perspective, but also from like a developmental stage perspective and not trying to force Debbie to be Joe who's in marketing or whatever, who maybe has a different personality. And so I think that's a huge element. So then getting back to this specific question, the biggest, the most prominent framework that we work with that we think is really helpful for people is called energy leadership. And it's around putting language, and I can give it to you really quickly. There's seven levels of energy. Level one is feeling in a victim state, having no choice. Level two is conflict and judgment, black and white thinking. Level three is tolerating. It is what it is. Level four is helping. Level five is creating opportunities or win-win-wins. Level six is synergy. So that's where the companies really reside who are working with purpose and innovation and creativity and disrupting. And then level seven is oneness. And so we actually have an assessment that's really cool. People can take to see what percentage, because all humans have access to all of these energy levels and they move throughout the day or the week, the month in within these energy levels. It's just, where are you predominantly residing? How do people experience you? Uh, hard to know, as my coach says, hard to read the label from inside the jar, right? So how do you know how people are perceiving you? You might think you're super into opportunity, win, win, win. And yet the reality is you're living at this level two place of telling everybody else what to do. So you see it as a win, 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 but in reality, everybody else is experiencing you as very conflict oriented. So it shows what percentage of energy is in each of these levels within your being. And then what happens when you hit your stress response. So it's a really eye-opening thing. Back to the point earlier of so much of the workforce is, unless you're in a creative field, so much of it is left brain oriented. Well, here you have graphs showing you bar, bar yeah. graph exactly where these energy levels are. And it really is a come to Jesus moment. 
And so that's something that we use with organizations on a mass scale of everybody getting a chance to see what their own energy levels are. And then we teach these energy levels at a high level. And that pertains both to the mindfulness stuff and also to the triggers, because Mm -hmm. obviously the triggers are what leads you into your stress response. But the mindfulness is, okay, maybe I've just been triggered 10 minutes ago. um, But how, how do I manage myself in this moment mindfully? Maybe I just need to take a walk mm-hmm. instead of going and making a decision from that place. I recognize right. that I've been triggered into level one or level two. Instead of making a decision that's going to inherently be a fear-based decision with limited mm-hmm. options, because that's what happens in these low-level energies, um, maybe I take a walk, maybe I breathe. Maybe when I'm out of the office, I realize I actually needed to cry or scream and I can release that outside of the environment come back feeling calm, and then you can have the conversation that you need to have. Yeah, yeah. and then in addition, what this framework helps with that most recently a handful of clients have shared is understanding where other people's energy is. So like, oh my gosh, if this person is in a very victimized state, the last thing I need to do is tell them something very vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? That's just going to push them down more. And observing that in others and understanding like, how do I raise the energy here? So if, it, if someone is ready to fight, do you really want to step into that or do you want to raise it to more of like a synergistic like opportunity and how do you talk to that? So being very aware of not only your energy, but somebody else's energy can completely change um, the outcome. And what's cool about this is it's, it's not like massive things that you have to do to change that. Like it could be just before you respond, take a pause, take a breath, no judgment, or maybe it is going for a walk or maybe it is like, reading a quote, or it could be a multitude of things, right? But it doesn't have to be this massive thing that you have to do. It can really, truly be a pause. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I love how, like, I remember reading Steve Jobs bio and he, that's like one of his things is he goes out into nature on a walk and that's like his business meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Puts people into a creative space where it's an abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's so much value in that. I get what you're saying at the lower levels. There's a scarcity, limited options type yep. of thing. People yep. are making decisions based on fear. Um, yes. Yeah, it's really good to empower people. So when you're talking about energy leadership, you're not talking about like corporate structure, like where the, the top has to like lead, right? It's it's each individual has the ability to lead with a certain energy that elevates those around them and as well as themselves. Is that what you're talking? Is that what Beautifully you're saying? Put. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and on the theory that everybody is a leader right. in their own life and for those around them, regardless of whether or not they formally called themselves that because we all influence each other. We came mm-hmm. here to be connected to one another. We came here to, we came here to lift each other up, but we also came here to trigger each other, right? Because if the soul's plan for each individual's lifetime is expansion, totally neutral of what that looks like, what that means for every individual, but just on the highest level, then expansion's gonna come through pain and suffering and expansion is also going to come through being called forward into into joy and, and larger experiences, right? And so everything, if you think about it that way, everything is happening for a reason and everything then is a leadership experience and opportunity. And so it's it's not about, you know, hierarchical management or anything along those lines. It's about how do we truly show up as our best human self in every moment and and our most authentic human self because that inherently gives others permission to do the same. Yeah. And what also is really cool about kind of this 
this framework too, going back to what we were talking about earlier is people who are so numb or like don't even know where to step. Like, yes, I say values, but the other thing is having this framework and there's a ton of frameworks that can help people like use whatever you need. We just happen to really love and see the power in this one. It helps those who are numb, take a step back and be like, oh my gosh, I'm totally, like you start talking, I'm totally level one right now, or I want to lean into level two here, or I'm feeling very level six, right? And I've had presentations on on mindfulness where I've walked out the door um, and literally heard different attorneys talking to each other, like that client's totally level one, or like, because it's something you can grasp quickly, right? That's awesome. Understand it. And it's like, huh? And I'm curious, like, well, where are my levels? What are my levels? How am I feeling right now? Mm -hmm. So again, other than values, you know, this is a way to be like, how am I feeling? What is the awareness in this moment right now? It's it's a pretty cool tool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I also just wanted to mention real quick, like, I love this photo you sent me and we're going to be posting it on Instagram and Facebook, but like, it's it's so indicative of what you're talking about. You see blurred cars going by you on both sides. Mm -hmm. You see skyscrapers. You see both of you dressed like in a very corporate way, but you are like the stable point is awesome because I think what you're describing that people are experiencing is that they're running around being told what to do. They're like losing a sense of who they are. And then they're numbing themselves with things that feel good instantly, but aren't the actual true source of, of that good feeling. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're showing like, just sit and be, and mm-hmm. then all the rest will, will dissipate. Like the truth mm-hmm. is inside. And I love that. Yeah, yes. so- Thank oh you. Oh my gosh. Cheers to that description. Exactly. <laughs> what was going on in that moment on Michigan Avenue. <laughs> yeah. It's a really impressive photo. Thanks for sending that my way. Yeah. I'm sure people will be excited to hear that or to see that. So I wanted to, to wrap up like talking about your business and then head into more like general wisdom around purpose and mm. so that maybe people can have more general ties into it. But yeah. before I do that, like how can people get connected to your workshops and your work? Like if, if someone's listening and they're maybe like a startup owner or someone that's like leading a department at their work or things of this nature, they're in a position yeah. of creativity and leadership and have the support and flexibility to incorporate something like your program. How do how do they get in contact with you? What does that process look like? Yeah, and I will ask you to put it in the show notes, but just emailing us directly, we love yeah. to have conversations. We mm-hmm. are open and available to chat with anyone who is interested in just exploring more about what the specifics of working with us look like. And so we're either Tina or Julie at corelementpartners.com, but I'll trust that this, the spelling will go in the show notes and they don't need to spell it out for them right now. Yeah. <laughs> and also checking out our website. We've got all our contact information on our website as well, which is corelementpartners.com. Very cool. So yeah, I wanted to, maybe what we could do is each of you could spend maybe 10 to 20 seconds answering these questions and it could be like a, a lightning round of sorts. Okay. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> Let's start with maybe more softball questions. Okay. How do we how do we infuse more meaning into the work we do? Ten to twenty seconds is, is our answer. How do you infuse more meaning into what you do? Gosh, I just go back to understanding why you're doing it and how does it align back to one of your values? Because if it's one of your values it's going to have meaning. And if it's not one of your values, then why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And I'd say start on the, on the personal journey of becoming 
infinitely curious about who you truly are and how we find out who we truly are is by following what brings you curiosity, what brings you joy and what you're just interested in at the time, because it's not going to be a short answer. Probably it's going to lead you to a book that's going to lead you to a podcast. It's going to lead you to a Ted talk and, and it, it's just this exploration, right? So just start the exploration of, of you, which is kind of the undressing of everything that you've been told before. Um, what's a question you wish people asked you more? Oh my gosh, what a good question. <laughs> um, Go for it, for me, like, where is this all headed? Like, why, why get up in the, why get up, why, why try to start this in the first place beyond what we've even said? Like, where is this really going? Mm-hmm. Now that you live the life like you've always wanted to and it's, you're having so much fun, what do you do for fun if it's all fun? Maybe that's the question <laughs> I want someone to ask me. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. What is one time where purpose influenced a dramatic life change or life decision? Go ahead. I can say uh, this was long before I had any language for it, but it was mm-hmm. it was the beginning of the unraveling of everything for me. It was my my soul waking up, meeting another human being, and and my soul waking up to realizing that the life I had been living was disconnected and numb, and needing to go home and rearrange my whole life. So, getting divorced, figuring out what would happen with my house and my dog, and literally knowing that I was blowing up my life as I knew it, but that I had no other choice because my soul was calling me to something that I had to answer, that I had to answer, even though I didn't even know what I was answering at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that I did. Yeah. Wow. I have to answer it too after that beautiful response. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think for me, it's listening to purpose doesn't always have a, a, a reasonable like something you can think about and be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, I don't need proof for that. And I got catapulted out of corporate to, and I didn't know that this was what I was going to end up doing. And I'm so glad I catapulted myself out because to know where I am now, I could have never have put that in my mind or even thought that up. So by doing this through purpose was a leap of faith and I would take it a hundred times over. And maybe this could engage the writing in each of you. How would you describe the feeling you get when you're living aligned to your purpose? Mm, Goosebumps. Yeah. You know, like it's an openness. Tears flow easily from both gratitude and joy and also grief and heartbreak. It's this like, it's this presence, this like, anxiety and worry and fear colored so much of my first 33 years. And now it's like this knowing that everything is right exactly as it is with no future projection making me feel like it's okay. There's, there's no concept of what's out ahead that makes me feel okay in this moment. I'm just okay in this moment. For me, it takes me back to the blissfulness and the pure joy of being a child. Like remember before, like when you were a kid, nothing else mattered other than just going out playing and getting dirty and scraping your knees and experimenting with just with life and nature and fun takes me back to that pure, blissful, joyous, like child inside. Yeah. Live your breath. <laughs> it's fun. I think I've said that a hundred times. <laughs> it's joyful. Yeah. It's um, contagious. 
What's the first thing that you would point someone towards if they're unsure of their purpose? If they came to you and said, Julie and Tina, I want your help in, in me finding purpose. Um, you, you remember that old uh, MTV series like Made? You have like 60 days or 90 days to become your yes. whatever you want to become. I forgot about that show, yes. <laughs> if you were like having someone come to you and say, I want to be made into a purposeful being. Mm-hmm. What what is it that you would do in that pro- that process? I know what my answer is. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> and I'll give the little bit of background first that my purpose came to me. I knew I needed to. I'm I not from a religious background, but I read a book and I knew I needed to visit this Black Madonna in this particular town in Switzerland. And so I arranged my trip around going and seeing it. And as I was there and I meditated in front of her, I had this my purpose came in. I felt Jesus and Mother Mary come in to tell me my purpose. And that's to be a beacon of unconditional love. And I didn't want to accept it at the time. I just wanted to be in the fetal position and hide from it because that felt really large. That felt like ask, like going out in the world and telling people that I'm here to be helping them remember their true nature of unconditional love felt like my ego was like, oh, hell no. So what I would say, because that's how mine came to me, what I would say is go to, go to a seven or a 10 day meditation retreat. Mm-hmm. Like, don't go try to go do something because that's going to be your brain trying to figure out your purpose. Like, go sit, go be still. And whether through that comes the clearing out of the old emotions, because that's a very common thing to come up in, in a silent meditation practice, which is what scares the living bejesus out of people from doing it. Emotions won't kill you, I promise, especially when there's loving people around you who are there to support you and who are creating the safe container for it to transpire. Anyone who's walked a fearless path has looked at the most terrifying things in the face and courageously kept choosing love. So yeah, go to a meditation retreat. I totally want to echo that. Like I did a (laughs) 10-day meditation in Thailand. I lived in Thailand for about two and a half years in Southeast Asia in general and I did a 10 day Vipassana in Thailand. It was like mm. extremely life-changing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. it makes you have to come into contact with at like such subtle levels of your experience mm-hmm. is you can't replicate that in the real world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. yep. I think my answer to the question, not I think, I know, is to take a pause and just be by yourself. Mm-hmm. So like one of the things that took me in a step to the direction of like what my purpose was, I didn't fully know it yet, was going on a trip all by myself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we feel like, oh, we need to always share every moment with other people. Yeah, we do love to share. We're all connected, right? But sometimes you just, going back to meditation, like you just need to be quiet and like remember mm-hmm. who you are and do something, even if you go with a group, go with a whole bunch of people you don't even know so that you have the time just to be you, just Mm -hmm. to be you and to think about patterns in your life and things you've always cared about Mm -hmm. since you were a kid. Because the answer's there and it's right in front of you, but all the chaos that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. is covering up, all the numbness is covering it up. So just be you, be true. Before (laughs) we wrap this up, I wanted to go on that tangent for a second because that's a really interesting concept. You two look like you're very inseparable to me, the way that you, <laughs> your dynamic is very mature. Like you, you've been in a long-term, very close relationship, it, it feels like, seeing you guys. How do you stay separate in, in your identities when you're so melded in your, in your yeah. vision and purpose and mission yeah. every day? I love this because it's so funny. Because our life, what you just described, <laughs> it's the exact opposite. 
we're so separate mm-hmm. that we're one. Yeah. If that makes sense. We're so uniquely ourselves. Yes. So I know that like, so we kind of look similar. We've got, like we could probably pass as sisters. Yeah. Um, sisters. But the reality is we haven't known each other for that long. Mm-mm. And we've been envisioning this work for about a year. But, and the huge point is that we have spent all of our time together as we work on this business, not talking about how are we going to get clients and not saying this stuff isn't important, but it's, yeah. It's not your foundation. That's like talking about which color refrigerator you want and what kind of backsplash you want once the house is already built, right? So as we built our foundation, it was all like philosophical conversations, values, mission, sharing our energy leadership perspectives and profiles. Like it's this really, really deeply ingrained foundation of alignment Mm -hmm. because what we knew was most important is that we were going in the same direction, but as like two unique beings who have different contributions to make. As a matter of fact, one of the things we're working through right now is like, what is truly each of our zone of genius and how do we want to bring that to the table with our clients while still having it be, of course, a cohesive package. So yeah, yeah. such a good question. And Tina and I are really good at honoring what each other needs. And I think that's just what makes this, this, I don't know, like partnerships. So great. And thank you for sharing that back with us. Yeah. Um, how cohesive, because we feel that too. And yet we can still very much be our own individuals. Yeah. And when we're not, we tell each other. So yeah. talk about truth and unconditional love. We have that with each other too. And if there's mm-hmm. just days that one needs some truth telling and we're grateful for it. So it's not a me versus you thing. It's a very, yeah. it's a very special bond. Well, and I think part of what you're seeing too, that you're reflecting back is the definition of interdependence as opposed to enmeshment or codependence. Mm-hmm. And most people live in a place of enmeshment or codependence where you're only okay if the other person's okay, which is beautiful in theory, but it doesn't actually play out very well. It plays out in me needing certain things from you in order for me Mm. to be okay. And if I don't get those certain things from you, I build up resentment, but then there's something in me that knows I can't actually ask for those things from you because the place in me that's resenting, it's all small self stuff, Mm -hmm. right? And so that what I would call interdependence comes from our, like our larger selves, being the ones that are communicating with each other. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean we leave our small selves behind. It means that if my small self is having a day or having a moment, I'm honest and I own that energy. I'm not blaming Julie for it. I love that. So yeah, just as our final wrap up question, um, you guys can feel free to add what you want, but what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? The legacy I want to leave behind links right back to my mission of truth, authenticity, freedom, flexibility, and expression. Mm -hmm. Love that continuing to align so much to what my authentic soul song is that I truly show up in every interaction as unconditional love. And so by the time I leave this physical body and have a legacy, um, that what I leave behind is like that snail trail of unconditional love. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I think to wrap it all up, a true, joyful, real smile when someone thinks of a legacy. Like, mm. yeah, just joy. Yeah, thank you. I'm sure both of you guys are already well along the path for that, and it's going to continue to manifest and grow. And 
thank you. you yeah i know that you'll you'll be excellent at it thanks thank for you. sharing with all of us today So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, Follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, Join our intentional group, Purpose Seekers, from the Facebook page. Join in longer-form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sails and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming 